Hello and welcome friends to We Heal with healers Eliana Miranda and Holly Wheeler. We have expansive conversations about healing our hearts, bodies, lineages, communities, and our beloved home planet. We are so happy to invite you into this space. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to We Heal. Thank you all so much for all the love and the support from our last episode on divine feminine healing. We are so grateful to all of our listeners. Thank you so, so much. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about sacred self-adornment. So after our last episode on divine feminine healing, we felt inspired to share and kind of expand on our conversation and share a little bit about uh, the practice of sacred self-adornment within this kind of capitalistic world that is setting a lot of really high and kind of unattainable uh, beauty standards um, and also kind of, you know, not falling into those traps that capitalism has kind of been setting for women and trying to draw us in and trying to make us feel bad about ourselves or whatever so that they can capitalize off of us, but so that we can release these programs and so that we can adorn our sacred vessels in a way that magnifies our energy, that amplifies our intentions and that can protect us and that we can weave our magic into, we can weave our messages into, and that really just help us to uplift our vibration and kind of, you know, using that as like a magical tool, really. So (laughs) to start off, we want to share a little bit about our own practice of adornment and how that has helped us heal from negative body image programming and capitalistic standards of beauty. Yeah, thanks for starting us off, Holly. And something that, you know, you said before we even jumped on here about how capitalism has been kind of penetrating into the feminine aura and causing a disruption in the kind of psychic fields around us um, seems kind of important to weave in and draw attention to because when you start to work with your body as an altar for the God source energy and you really honor and respect the vessel that you were given when you came into this world as a place of holiness and a place of spirituality, um, it kind of like disrupts even like the spiritual bypassing systems that capitalism has hooked itself into and really um, allows and encourages and invites in an embodiment practice with your spirituality where we're not kind of escaping or running away from um, who we be in the present moment, but instead we're recognizing that like God source energy is alive and informing our being. And when we can uh, leave our offerings at the altar of the body, we are in turn leaving our offerings at the altar of the source that created us, the creation energy. So 
um, you know, coming into my own conversation around adornment, um, it hasn't always been easy. I went through many stages of um, dressing in ways to appease others, dressing up in order to make other people feel more acceptable uh, or accepting, I guess I should say, of where I was at. You know, I, when I was younger, I would dress so that I didn't look feminine and I was locking that feminine part away because it felt like the programming was either you are feminine and sexualized or you have to hide that part of yourself or disrupt that part of yourself in order to fit into society or sometimes even masculinize yourself in order to be able to play the roles in the world that uh, they, you know, kind of inform us and program us with are the only roles that we are able to make money in or able to have power in or able to have influence in. So it's been really in like my magic practice that I've realized just how much power can be in the adornments. And so oftentimes I would um, dress up only to go into public spaces for the sake of the other. And now I dress up to go into public spaces for the sake of myself and for the protection and the, the royalty of my body and of my field and all of the energy that I energy work that I do to kind of curate my aura, um, to seal it in and to not let it be used or abused or penetrated on by uh, capitalism or by patriarchy or by um, any shape or form of energy that wants to kind of consume the altar or take from the altar or disrupt the sacred spaces that we're creating as humans just living our lives. Um, so yeah, I'm going to throw it back to you, Holly, and see if anything came through from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know, I, I knew you were saying that we, we've kind of gone through these different phases of our lives and different phases of how we adorn ourselves and how we dress and the attention, the intention behind that. And I think, you know, I feel like everybody has gone through a time in their life where they were kind of dressing in a way that was like maybe really rebellious or really like, um, I don't know, just like not who they were or like, you know, just like maybe experimenting and trying to find who we are, like, especially as like teenagers and youths that we kind of go through this like experimental phase and whatnot. And how that, um, I love that you said that just like dressing to ample, like instead of dressing up for other people and for other eyes, dressing for your own self and adorning yourself to honor yourself and to honor your body as the temple that it is and as the goddess that you are. You know, I think that Marie Kondo says something about um, wearing sweatpants like all the time at home. I can't remember what she says about it. It's probably really sweet. <laughs> I'm probably going to like butcher her, <laughs> butcher the, what she was kind of saying about it, but it was kind of like, if you're going to like wear sweatpants all the time, then you're going to be that person that's always wearing sweats. <laughs> or that's like, if you're, if you're wearing these like dirty, ratty, like holy hole covered clothes, like that affects your energy. And you're going to be that person who like wears like the baggy ratty clothes, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's funny because, you know, saying it, it's like, of course, like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, it's, it's really true. And so if you dress and adorn yourself with uh, sacred intent and with, um, 
just kind of in, in alignment with who you are. And it can be a really, really powerful practice. And it can kind of constantly remind you of your worth and of your uniqueness, especially when you're dressing in a way that's amplifying your own natural beauty. Like, I think that that's one thing that I have really um, healed a lot from in my life instead of trying to change my appearance, because there's so many ways you can change your appearance nowadays. Like there's so many modifications you can make to your, to your body. I watched this documentary a long time ago called modified Mm -hmm. and it was wild. Like people get all these kinds of like implants, like you can do like surgical implants to make your face a different shape, to give yourself horns. You can slit your tongue and give yourself a lizard tongue, you know, like you can literally do anything you want to your body and but you have to pay for it (laughs) so it's like who is who's selling us these you know images of like perfection and I know that sometimes like these modifications are a true art form but it just depends on like where's where is that intention coming from is it coming from trying to fit in somebody else's standards of beauty is it coming from a place of or is it coming from a place of self-expression? You know, I think that's really what we're talking about. Cause like, you know, there's so many ways that you can modify and change your body and adorn yourself, but it's, it's just about like, does it align with who you are or is it something that has been kind of like penetrating into your field from somebody else or from another source? So I think that just getting really clear Um, on our intentions has really helped us to identify what is sacred self-adornment and what is kind of the more um, toxic, like, what's the word for it? Just like a, a need to kind of like compete or a need to keep up with like the trends or the fast fashions or whatever it is, this kind of like, um, yeah, just this kind of vibe of like fast fashion and and always keeping up with the beauty standards and and something imposed on you by some somebody else. Yeah, it, you have me thinking of um I watch some really stupid television shows, but I've been really paying attention to the commercials that they um weave into these stupid television shows and you know, when I'm watching shows that are directed at young women, it's been interesting to see how the commercials are all about like um, making yourself smell nicer in your private parts, like new shaving things that you can do to get rid of your hair, different ways to like clean yourself up, lose weight. Like it's all these things that's just like perpetuating this idea that like the woman's body is dirty, that our natural smells are gross, that our natural, you know, body hair and that our natural ways of, you know, expressing the, the body's ways of expressing our things that need to be changed. And you can't change these unless you buy this product from us. And then at the same time, like they use the woman's body in order to sell things too, to like really encourage people to be like, you can look like this, even though you'll never be able to look like this, right? Anyone with dark hair, dark skin is never going to look like the blonde hair, you know, lighter um, beauty standard that I would say not as much these days, but was definitely like ingrained and Uh, penetrated into our psyches when Holly and I were younger. Um, But it's, it's like, you really can kind of see it when you like take a step back and watch the ways in which they try to inform us, program us or influence us to look at our bodies as gross and things that need to be fixed 
and can only be fixed by buying their product, by receiving their programming, by um, changing ourselves to fit into somebody else's standards. And so I think like what Holly and I are really just talking about here is ways to, um, to call that energy back to yourself and realize that like the female body is so powerful and that's why it's being used and manipulated in these ways to uh, get us to buy things, get us to dysregulate from ourselves so that we think we need something else besides what we already have. And instead using our energy to invoke the pleasure of the body temple that is already present without anything else, <laughs> like really needing nothing else. And we're going to, you know, talk about some of these ways. Holly's going to uh, bring in some of the ways in which you can recreate your closet and recreate what you already have, you know, around you to, um, to be, to, to be able to shape shift with, to be able to like, you know, strip your altar and like, uh, then adorn it with something new and, um, not feel like you have to keep reaching outside of yourself in order to express the innate natural beauty that lies within. Right. Yeah. Um, I really did. I want to talk about, um, just kind of like little, I, I, one of my favorite things about self-adornment and my own practice with self-adornment and intentional self-adornment has been just to practice minimalism and to kind of, and not like super like extreme minimalism because I like, I go to festivals. I like to go to parties. I like to dance and I like having costumes. So I wouldn't say like, I'm not the kind of person that has like five shirts and two pairs of pants and a jacket. Like I'm, but it's kind of more of like a capsule wardrobe. Um, but really like, I love, I loved creating, like after I had my daughter and my size changed, I needed to, I just needed to buy new clothes. So I had this kind of opportunity to create a capsule wardrobe. So having, um, looking at your, like your adornments, like clothes in particular as like a capsule thing as like your wardrobe is such a different thing than we've kind of been taught in capitalistic culture, which is to just like every season, just buy new things. You have a new thing coming up, just buy something new for it. You have this, oh, just go to forever 21 or whatever and buy this or buy, it's just like, you know, we, I was never taught how to make a wardrobe, how to create, like how to buy all the things that you need for like a year and the shifting seasons, you know, and so that has been really empowering for me to just like set up my like seasonal <laughs> wardrobe and be able to cap it and be able to have costumes and things that I can wear for festivals and be able to have fun things that I can wear in different ways too. Like having an item that I can wear like five different ways really pleases me <laughs> to no end. And so I feel like this, this practice of mine has really been a rebellion against fast fashion and against capitalism, because I don't want to be just drawn in by things anymore. If I see something on my feed, on my Instagram feed or whatever social media feed, I'm just like, Oh, I love that pantsuit thing or whatever. Then it's like, no, I, I have all my clothes already. Like I'm good. <laughs> and so that has been really empowering. Um, and also just, you know, instead of buying things like all the time, just kind of taking, like buying a piece when you're buying a piece, like buying something that's maybe of a little bit higher quality 
maybe kind of, it can be in alignment with your ethics. It can kind of be a certain vibe or a certain color, certain texture that you really want to amplify your, uh, like your, your soul's mission on the planet. You know, you can really like dress yourself in clothes that kind of help to magnify and project who you really are. And I mean, they're just clothes. They're not going to like, <laughs> you know, they're not like all of that, but at the same time, it, it kind of is like, it's just this, this balance, you know? So yeah. What do you have to say on that, Ellie? <laughs> yeah. I have a couple things that came through. Let's see if I can remember all of them, yeah. but that last part there, um, like about being able to kind of magnify your intention and your mission and then magnetize people towards you. I think, especially for projectors, <laughs> shouting out projectors that our wardrobe is a really powerful way for people to see us and therefore invite us in. It's also a really powerful cloaking mechanism if you need to shield your aura and make yourself only available to um, beings that you want to invite you into their conversation. And so I, I love that you kind of brought that up is like, you're adorning yourself, you're, you're robing yourself like in your mission, in your um, your field, like you're making what is energetic to be kind of known and represented and seen by maybe those that don't see the energy, right. Or that don't kind of play in those kind of unseen realms, you're revealing yourself or you're cloaking yourself in a way that allows for that kind of, um, fluidity and to, to shape shift between forms. And so that's for, for any type, but I just felt like, you know, those words really spoke to me as a projector of like, that you can use this to amplify the mission and also to protect the mission. Um, if you're feeling like you're going into a space that needs a little bit more, um, cloaking to it. The other thing that you were saying that I think is, you know, something that we're really lucky in where we live is that there's a huge kind of, um, market for thrifting. And also just like the way that people live in the city that we live in is like, you know, you see people just walking down the street wearing the same clothes that they wore in the 80s. Like there's not a huge consumeristic culture in Portland. Um, we don't really have a whole lot of like, we don't have a Walmart like in the city. We don't have these kind of big commodificating um, entities in, in, in the general um, or in the, the smaller city itself. So I think we live in a city too that kind of um, perpetuates this ability. Cause I used to be the person that like loved to go buy a new outfit for everything. My mom screen name was shopaholic Jan and I was shop girly AOL.com back in the day, you know, we bonded over shopping. We love shopping and there's something so beautiful about that. I think with the mother and the daughter and, you know, for anyone, like there can be something deeply therapeutic about shopping, but when it becomes a, um, like an energetic cord that like you're shopping and you're buying a new thing is the way that you're filling up your energy, the way that you're filling up your cup, making yourself feel better. There's a level of that, that can be, you know, healing in that way. And when, when you are doing it because you can't get energy anyway, anyway else, or you're doing it because that's what you built your identity around, um, for the wrong reasons, right? Like there, there can definitely be people that like have whole businesses in, shopping and buying things and then spreading those goods out to everybody. And so that's, that's putting those people aside, but it's all about the intention behind it. Um, and so like a lot of the things that people do up here are clothing swaps, you know, and they just have these like events where you can go and everyone just kind of puts whatever they're done with on the floor and you can pick up and take with you whatever you want. And the rest that uh, nobody takes, like gets donated somewhere. And so you know, there's things, of course, changing in this city. And I would say thrift stores are getting almost as expensive as real stores, but 
I do think that um, moving to this city has been kind of eye-opening for me. And I do not shop in the way that I used to. I don't go to the places to shop that I used to. I really try to buy locally made goods. If I'm going to buy something new, you know, I, I love to buy from companies that sew crystals into their clothes or like where you know who the maker is, you know, the energy that they're putting into it. You know, if you're, if you are, if you know, weaving at all, if you know, the actual art of making clothing or tying anything together, you're tying in knots of energy with every little stroke that you make. So if it's from, you know, children in another country that are not being paid right, and that are not being um, supported for the work that they're doing, like you're receiving that energy on your body. Whereas if you have a local maker or some artist that you know that's creating a piece of clothing and you're investing in their art and therefore then the piece that you're wearing is an investment also in the own like creative project and process within you that's the type of energy you start to exchange with the world just by being in it and living it and adorning yourself in it so yeah that, that I got everything out that came <laughs> through from what you said nice <laughs> yeah totally I think that yeah there's there's a, there's a lot there, you know, there's like what you were saying about just kind of really learning how to separate the programming from the intention and just, and learning that, like, you know, learning to separate your intentions from the programming and just kind of like releasing and blocking out that programming that you need to be a certain way that you need to do a certain thing that you need to like go shopping to, to bond with somebody, you know, or like this, this kind of stuff, like is so important to talk about, you know, and so important to download into our, our consciousness. I feel because we can really like end up wasting a lot of time and energy on fast fashion or just stuff that's like not really in alignment with who we are or what we stand for. And, you know, I'm all about like, your, let your lifestyle be your rebellion against the capitalistic top-down pyramid style like way of of living right now that that kind of like domination culture is what we're rebelling against when we take ownership of our own sacred adornment and really like honor ourselves as sacred and magical beings who are helping to co-create this world. And so with every purchase that we make, you know, we're supporting an entity. And so if you're kind of supporting these entities of like, you know, who you know, have like child laborers who aren't getting paid very much. And, you know, it's just like, where, where is my money actually going? What am I supporting? What is the energy that I am amplifying when I'm wearing this thing? when I'm wearing it around, when there's photos of me taking it in it and you're just, you're amplifying this product that isn't really like resonating with who you are and what you stand for. So, and I know that, yeah, all the compassion in the world for people, you know, who that's all that they can afford, all the compassion in the world. I know that clothes can be expensive. And so sometimes all you can do is buy what's available. So we're not like judging anybody for... <laughs> having a lack of funds, you know, but we're just bringing a conscious, conscious awareness into like going forward and how to maybe buy things like secondhand or buy things kind of more in alignment with who we are and what we stand for and really kind of voting with these things. And, you know, obviously like the way that you dress, you can, you know, choose to wear all vegan 
stuff. You can choose to wear uh, leathers. You can choose to, you know, there's so many different things that you can choose to wear. You can choose to wear a shirt that says, you know, fuck the patriarchy or whatever. Like there's so many different messages that you can send with like with your look just by passing somebody by, you know, so it is it's kind of, it can be kind of like frivolous, but it can also be really powerful. It's just this like weird, like duality, you know? So, um, yeah, let's see. What were we going to talk about next? <laughs> so many things on our list here. Oh, I, I want to kind of jump in and talk about body hair maintenance just a little bit more. Um, because, you know, we have been so programmed, especially like the millennial generation, I guess, but also, you know, the generation before that too. Like, I don't know anybody in the baby boomer generation who like doesn't shave anymore. <laughs> like it's kind of all, all the millennials are kind of like, Oh, I'm done with that. Like <laughs> my skin doesn't like it. Like I, it's just, it's uncomfortable. You have to do it pretty much every day. If you're shaving, like if you're, sh- especially like your armpits or whatever, it's just like, and people and men shaving their face too. That is just ridiculous to have to shave your face every single day. I know so many men who get acne, they get razor burn, they get all this stuff, but they have to shave it so that they can, you know, look good or clean or, or whatever, you know, and it's just, it's, I think that once, like once I stopped shaving every day and stopped kind of like accepting that programming that smooth baby soft legs and armpits are the best like or that's the only way that you'll be pretty like as soon as I let go of that programming I like I started to really love myself so much more and it's just like it sounds silly and simple but I was just talking to a group of women about this the other day that women were just like yeah I'm embracing my body hair and like I just I don't even care. Like, I don't want to waste all this time and money and effort and, you know, plastic, like with shaving, you just have to buy a new razor, like every other week or so every three uses or something they say, just like, that is so wasteful. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, learning how to kind of like do these things and, and release the programming that says you have to shave every day and decide how you want to do it. If you want to shave, shave but don't shave because somebody else told you that you have to like, just, you know, if you want to design your body hair (laughs) in a certain way, then do it like more power to you. (laughs) But I, yeah, I just, once I like release that standard for myself and release that standard that was imposed on myself, then I really started to love myself a lot more in just my, and, and have more appreciation for the human body and just how, beautiful it is and that hair is beautiful and that we're all we all have hair (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah yeah and like hair holds so much energy too when you really start to kind of unravel and let your body hair grow and actually kind of feel the power and the impact like it's they're like these little antennas you know and especially as women when we're taught to shave our antennas like shave off the the way that we can kind of connect in with our greater auric frequency, like we are taking ourselves kind of back in time to, to a a place in our lives when we're, um, little girls, right. That don't have power and that don't have a say in our body. And the entire idea of like shaving, 
uh, to look like a little girl, you know, is um, there's something there that like we need to be investigating and really looking at and understanding why we want to look like children and why there's so much um, programming around the natural body being gross and unclean and uh, not right in just its organic state. You know, it really Um, when you kind of start to look at it and when you kind of let your hair grow and then also like give yourself the permission to shave and feel what that feels like when you have grown all your hair out and then you get to feel the other extreme when um, you get to kind of clean things up and what that does to your aura and what that does to your energy and there there's beauty in both of that right like I I play with both ends of the spectrum sometimes I really like cleaning up shop and just seeing um, like letting that be like a reset, you know, like before I ordered this hat, I was like given instructions, uh, to, to do a ritual shave and to like clean up some of the energy because that energy had been very dominant in my field for a really long time. And had gone with me through some big levels of, um, emotional alchemy. And I was being invited into this next kind of portal. And so it was like a ritualistic moment of like cleaning up the altar, right? Like just how I would clean up and brush off my own altar at home and maybe trim a few things that were not in resonance anymore. Um, it was kind of that same impact. And it was like, right after I shaved that the hat got, you know, delivered to me and then that updated my entire crown and then my aura and things have, yeah, moved from there. So (laughs) play with it, you know, and like, see what it feels like and what you have to kind of work through if you do let things grow out and like what Mm -hmm. that's telling you about yourself and the way you love and respect yourself. And how you view your own body in its natural state. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think that hair removal in general of any kind, like the the hair on your head or whatever, it can be very, uh, ritualistic and very like sacred and, and intentional too. And like, if you, you can do it with like the waning cycles of the moon and you can just kind of clear out and detox and like start anew and it can be really powerful and really symbolic, uh, work to do. So it's just like, I just love this, like go through and just deprogram and then come into alignment with your intentions and just do what you want. <laughs> yes. what you want, not what they want you to do. <laughs> yes. Take your power back. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's move into some of the ways that we practice self-adornment for magical purposes. And Eliana, I'm just going to let you start us off because you have taught me a lot about this, about adornments and about, you know, different wearing different crystals or different things on your body to kind of, well, really to protect your energy is what I've learned from you a lot, but then also to amplify different parts of your body, like the different chakra centers and stuff. So take it away, girl. (laughs) Thank you. I would love to. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like I do, I do all virtual work. All of my healing work is over the computer and I sit at my altar and I'm, I'm physically giving energy work to people, but it's like from this kind of virtual energetic realm of, you know, outside of space and time. So, uh, before I go into sessions, I literally will have, uh, certain crystals of rings request that I wear them or certain earrings request that I wear them or certain hats or certain colors request that I wear them. And it's always like, you know, I used to kind of wonder if it was just my ego or if it was this or that, but then I started to see how whatever I was kind of showing up with was like the perfect, um, extra support for whatever I was working with that day in sessions with people. And so, um, especially for like body workers and energy workers and anyone that does work where you're putting 
your hands onto another body. So whether that's physically like Holly does or energetically, like I do, um, having some extra, um, crystals, just like adorning your body is a good way to just have, um, have it embedded into your aura, have the purpose and that the power, the protection of that crystal embedded into your aura. And so like, that doesn't always mean that you're wearing a black tourmaline when you know, you're going to be working with some dense, heavy energies to kind of clear it out. Like sometimes, um, you know, I just got this Ganesha ring and I've been feeling just like Ganesha wanting to come in and support, uh, moving some of the blockages from the work that I'm doing. Um, I, I wear a mushroom into sessions if I'm feeling like I need a little bit more of like psychedelic support. I don't necessarily have to take the mushrooms into my body. I can adorn myself in the Amanita mascara and be able to, uh, tap into that frequency, not by thinking about it. Right. So it's like, you know, in human design and all of these kinds of like, uh, more consciousness systems that are arising, um, it's talked about how we're moving out of like the mental understanding or the um, the mind trying to receive external, externally authorized instruction and instead letting the body kind of dictate the senses, dictate the inner world, dictate what it means. So it's not going to always logically make sense to you why you want to wear that ring that day, why you want to put a scorpion on your finger um, until later on you realize that you're going to be working with some big transformative um, maybe life death type situations where the scorpion is a, a master in that, you know, and instead of the the, the mind having to call in the scorpion, it's like, oh, I already got the scorpion, like right on my Saturn finger, you know, I know um, how and where I can direct this energy. So um, all of my jewelry that I wear is always very intentionally placed on my body. And um, I have a lot of jewelry, but I wear all of the jewelry. I really do pass on jewelry that doesn't seem to be um, arriving and requesting to be worn and to be worked with. But I really do believe that when we're adorning our bodies with these different frequencies that they can help us and support us in our work. So crystal wise, like that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm, I'm receiving the energetic support of that particular type of crystal when I put it on. If I'm called to wear, I have ear wings. They're literally called ear wings and they're parakeet wings. Um, if I'm feeling like I need some extra spiritual guidance or uh, the ancestors, like I'm doing a lot of ancestor work, like they're, they always ask me to wear some type of feather adornment so that those messages can flow in a little bit easier from the higher perspectives. Um, I always kind of cloak myself up. I alluded to this before, but I I'm very open. My senses, my human design, all of these uh, parts of myself are very open. And I, uh, when I do interact with someone, you know, my energy physically moves into their space and draws their energy back into my body. So having a cloak up for those people and like you know, a lot of us just have this organically in our aura, but I like to amplify it. And so when I'm wearing a hat or when I'm wearing a hood or when I'm wearing a big cloak around my body, I am doing that very intentionally. And I, you know, I'll show up sometimes and Holly or even her husband is like, well, you're very cloaked up this evening. And um, it's because I've gotten the message beforehand that I need a little extra support that my energy can't do all the work or that my energy is feeling a little bit more sensitive or more fragile and need some extra cloaking mechanisms to um, keep the energy in, keep other people out, provide a separation between what I am experiencing and what the rest of the room is experiencing. So, um, and then another thing I'll just drop into is that like, protect your crown, you know, like if you are feeling blown out, if you are feeling disembodied, if you're feeling like you're not able to stay in your vessel or you're disconnected from your vessel, put a hat on, put a hood up, 
there's so many religions that they cover their head and, you know, the religion will say, at least in mine, it's to remind them of God or it's to um, protect the sacred feminine, you know, from the, the male eye in prayer situations. But truly like your crown is an extension, like your hair is an extension. And when you are feeling like you're being very uh, uplifted or sent out of your body, like just put a hat on and direct your energy to stay in your body. And the crown is a place of great infiltration. It's where a lot of our programming comes from. The collective consciousness is connected to the crown. So especially those that deal with, um, you know, hopping dimensions a lot of the time or that are having a harder time kind of staying in like one frequency or one centered place of embodiment, putting some sort of protection over the crown is a way to just uh, energetically draw the energy down and into the body and protect the energy. Like in Kundalini yoga, they say to always wrap the hair onto the top of the head, sealing in, sealing in this, you know, big extension of energy that we have growing out of our head. And then to put a hood over it, to seal it in because Kundalini, they're always charging the energy up the Shashimna Nadi, up the central channel. And if you don't have that kind of support to ground it down, especially if you're a very airy person, that's when you hear a lot of those experiences where Kundalini causes, you know, mental health breaks or, um, you know, situations to arise that are not necessarily in alignment for what that person was going to the Kundalini yoga class for. So it's all about like receiving the energy in the body and then not losing the energy, charging up the energy from within, but then not letting it distribute everywhere else. Instead, like directing that back in and recycling that energy back into the, into the body temple. I really just feel like everything you were saying was kind of like, it all comes back to aligning like your will with an action and with like, so basically like, you know, you were saying that, um, pieces of jewelry and certain things will kind of call to you. And like, you need to wear this today because this is coming in and you need to wear this today and this is coming in. And um, it's funny that you, the way that you're just describing that is really receptive and you have, I feel like a more receptive kind of like energetic makeup, uh, in your human design. If you haven't heard of human design, you can just check back to our second episode on human design and go down that rabbit hole. Um, but I, I have a more emittive kind of energy. And so what I do when I go into my, <clears throat> into my room and into my wardrobe, I'm like, what do I want to embody today? Like, what am I, what am I feeling? <laughs> like, what do I, like what color? Sometimes it's like a color that's really like that I'm really feeling or, you know, sometimes it's just kind of a vibe, you know, like I'm going like very angelic vibes today or something, you know, <laughs> just kind of like who wants to play? Like, who do I want to play with today? And just kind of pick things from there. And, um, but really, yeah, it's just like about like, I wear, you know, I wear a black obsidian ring and I usually wear that in the autumnal and like winter season. And then in the spring and summer, I wear like a moonstone ring on this same finger. And it just helps me feel more aligned with the, the season of darkness and the seasons of lightness, at least, you know, in Northern hemisphere <laughs> where that correlates. Um, but also, you know, I wear things for protection, like black, I wear the color black for protection. So it's like, 
you know, I, as I'm putting on like a black sweater or a black coat with a hood, like I'm, I'm imbuing my energy into it of like, I am going into a space where I need protection today. So I'm going to wear this and imbue it with my protection. And there's also, you know, of course there's crystals in your jewelry that you can wear that kind of hold a certain frequency and help amplify a certain intention. And once you really start to get familiar with those pieces and the pieces that you have and the pieces that you're going to acquire or have acquired, um, then you can really start to like use those to amplify your intentions even more. So it really is kind of just like a really fun, playful practice and it's an art form. And it doesn't have to take like an hour either. You know, it's like <laughs> as a, as a mom of like a toddler, it's really hard to get super intentional with my <laughs> outfit choices during the day. So sometimes I'm just like, today I'm going to dress for the weather. It's cold and rainy. I'm going to put on some pants, a shirt and my rain jacket. Here we go. <laughs> and that's, that's it. But it's still, it's like, it's still a sacred adornment. It still is like, you know, I'm dressing because I want to go outside and I want to go outside and be comfortable no matter the weather. And I want to just like go out and be in nature and, and be comfortable and <laughs> not get rained on and get sad and cold and sick, you know? <laughs> So that's, that's one of my intentions too, that I really like for adornment is like dressing appropriately for the weather. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We don't have to be running around in skimpy little skirts just because, you know, capitalism says like, oh, it's the holidays. You should dress in flimsy outfits, yeah. you know, to go to your Christmas dinner and oh. it's snowing outside. Like why? Oh. <laughs> And heel, like stiletto heels when there's snow and ice on the ground. It's like, what? Who's, who said, set that? Yeah. Who did that? <laughs> I'm wearing my boots. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love the idea of just like dressing for your meetings, right? Or like dressing for the exchanges that day. And it's like, if it's just you lounging in, in your house, if it's just you going on a walk, if it's just you going to nature, even with your family or even with your friends, like, and it's just you wanting to be you and not needing to project or protect anything. Right. It's like, yeah, that's beautiful. Then like wear whatever you want. Like most of the time you'll find me in, in sweatpants that I've been wearing for three days. But <laughs> when I'm coming, paint covered yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I'm going to a meeting, it's like, I very much kind of called to like, oh, this is like a divine meeting. And like you dress for your divine appointments. And so this doesn't have to be an all day, every day type of thing. It's like, just recognizing when you're feeling encouraged to wear something or dress up in a certain way or put some extra supportive mechanisms on or around your aura. And then notice like who you meet along that path, right? Or like what type of um, exchanges you have either set up purposefully or that like the universe has set up for you once you're kind of in that space of holding that energetic imprint. Right, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, you, you know, with this episode where our intention is to kind of extend an invitation to our listeners to kind of come play, come play in the realm of sacred self-adornment and see what comes up. See if there's any programs that you're ready to let go of. See if there's any exciting and fun things that you're feeling called to to wear and to embody and to play around with. And, uh, and yeah, that's just like our invitation to you is just come play in this realm. It's really fun and it's really empowering too. And I think that, you know, following our divine feminine episode, this is just really a way that we have felt that has helped 
kind of amplify our divine femininity and help to heal us from these kind of more patriarchal, um, capitalistic domination culture programming. Yeah, absolutely. Not putting any more pressure, any more penetration into anyone's field of what they should do, but instead just letting it be like a sacred act of play. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that we are coming to the end of our time here. Eliana, did you have anything else you'd like to add or say before we close? No, I don't think so. I, of course, pull cards like we do every time. And the ones that came through were the sustainer card, which is like, I feel, you know, it's the creator, sustainer, destroyer archetypes, the kind of Trinity, the three of the world. And the sustainer, I feel like just wants us to know that like, this is a way to help sustain yourself and your energy in a world that can be constantly trying to take and strip you from being in your power. And if you want to hold the ability to like keep the hearth of the home lit and energized for all like start with yourself start with your body and start kind of lighting the fire within you so that you can be an amplification for all of those around you well that's all the time we have for today so thank you all for joining us on our conversation about sacred adornment we so appreciate you listening and we'd love to get some feedback from you so feel free to connect with us on social media at the peace switch and wellness weaver instagram handles and also feel free to comment like share our podcast we are growing and we are getting better i've got a new microphone some new sound equipment so we hope you have enjoyed this higher hopefully higher quality sound (laughs) and we'll just keep getting better from here so thanks again and we'll see you next time here on we heal